0: They're like black Jesus. The Hello and welcome to the Fro and the Flow. Welcome back. Welcome back, Jack. Uh, I'm Ralph Compiano, joined as always by the Martian, Jack Martin. What's good? You guys, you weren't on the episode on Thursday. Uh, where were you? Oh, you know, I was just at
1: a little thing called Jackass Forever, a.k.a. the early contender for Oscar Best Picture 2022, aka the movie event of the year. 2021 had Spider-Man cool. 2022 has Jackass
0: Forever, which is better.
1: And it was awesome.
0: The resurgence of the best franchise of all time in your eyes. Uh yeah, we can start the pod with this. I mean, if you're listening, we're gonna talk about the NBA as well on this episode. But let's start with Jackass. I saw Jackass. You saw Jackass on Thursday night, I saw it on Friday night. You hijacked my Instagram feed. And dropped a review on there. The first hijacking of my 90 second movie reviews. I thought you did a great job. Thank you. Um, I'm glad you liked it. uh, What was the most meaningful part of it for you? Was it seeing these guys like age? Was it seeing these guys like come back to doing these stupid ass tricks? These very juvenile things? Or was it just like seeing guys get hit in the balls again? It doesn't really matter who it is.
1: I think for me, the most meaningful part was being able to see it in theaters. This was the first jackass that I was old enough really to see in theaters. Like I was like, I think 11 or 12 when three came out, which is kind of like a weird age where like my dad wasn't taking me to R rated movies yet. Um, I, I think I wasn't, I was like two or three when the original show came out. So I wasn't, I always loved it because I would watch it on MTV or YouTube or at a friend's house um or on Netflix whenever it popped up but i and I understood how like culturally relevant it was and but I never got to really experience it, so I think being able to be in the theater with people that I've watched the movies with um before and just kind of see a fresh set of pranks that I've never seen i mean i you know I've been watching the same the same stuff for my whole life in terms of jackass. So to be able to kind of experience just like a fresh slate with pretty much the same old cast, um, some new characters or not characters, but people, I guess, you know, poopies is a character. (laughs) Anyone named poopies is a character in my eyes. Um, But yeah, that was cool just to kind of experience that. Um, And there's nothing like seeing Chris Pontius's penis in a costume. Um, It's, it makes my heart tingle.
0: Is he your favorite? I'm curious because, like, I think he's probably my favorite after Johnny. I think that's kind of a basic take. I've never been the biggest Steve-O guy in the world. I, I saw that Whippet documentary where he got addicted to Whippets, and I've never really been able to recover from that. So I'm yeah, it's an intense a documentary. Guy, um,
1: I love Chris Pontius. Um, I've always thought just the stuff with his dick is funny.
0: Um. I, yeah, I don't think right. She, it is
1: funny. I, dude, it's so funny. Like, the opening sequence was awesome. Might have been the best, I think, in, in the series. Just to have it revealed that it's, like, Spike Jones literally puppeteering his nutsack, destroying, like, a model of a city. Um, I thought that was awesome. And it's funny because it's just, like, in just the time – it's, like, kind of – there's been so many pieces about it. I'm writing something about it that I want to put out tomorrow. But it's just, like – it's the movie. It's just kind of, like, a little – mental reset that i think we all kind of need right now like everything is just seems so depressing if you look at any kind of news or any just kind of like a real world event it just like it, nothing seems very fun right now everyone's like burnt out from work but you go into this movie literally 15 seconds in it's just chris Pontius's is dong um dressed as godzilla it's and then the whole time through, like, I just, I giggled the whole time. Like, I, it was so funny. Did you, I saw you liked it. You obviously gave it a little bit less of a score than I did, but I'm assuming you still enjoyed it.
0: I don't have the same um, relationship to it that you do. I've always liked Jackass. I've never really gone back and like rewatched it religiously or anything like that. Um, but I think the Spike Jones point is really interesting because it's like, Okay, the guy that made Being John Malkovich with Charlie Kaufman and made Her with Walking Phoenix, like that guy is also at the helm of the Jackass franchise, which I think is really refreshing because, like, I tend to be somewhat pretentious and self-righteous with, like, oh, I only love really, really good movies and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, I like seeing dudes um, get shot out of a cannon or <laughs> get steak-eaten off their crotch by a vulture And I like see guys get hit in the nuts by some softball pitcher. Like I like that stuff too, right? So it's like, dude, Danger Aaron's his nut exploded on the on the hockey one.
1: I think like his nut his nut actually ruptured. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all.
0: I'm surprised it didn't rupture on the it was cool. It was.
1: I've seen some points made about this, um, and I also kind of want to reiterate. But it was kind of cool to see him kind of get like his own movie. Like they gave him like the Big Bear one he was always, he always got bullied like pretty much. Um, I saw he was on Steve-O's podcast, which I really enjoy. He's had some really good guests on there. Um, and I think he's a really interesting dude. He's obviously had a really crazy past. Um, but he like danger. was like, yeah, like I felt bullied. Um, but to kind of see him get that moment was cool. The new cast members were like, they were solid. Um, I said, after we saw it, that, uh, I hope that this is the end of the Jackass franchise. Like I hope they don't make another Jackass branded movie with the new cast. I liked their inclusion. I thought they had solid chemistry with the the older guys. Um, but I I thought that they didn't end it. They didn't make it like a, this big send off of Jackass. I thought they just kind of ran it back a little bit, um, had to switch up the formula just a tad, but – I thought it ended on a really nice note, especially after being away for, like, 12 years. Um, and I, I think they left it I think they left it in a really good place.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're not going to have, like, a storyline ending that, like, emulsifies all three of the movies, like, fucking Endgame or something like that. But I agree, like, that final stunt was awesome with the paintballs and the milk and all that kind of stuff. And I mm-hmm. also like the inclusion of the new characters. You know, you have a grown man named Poopies in this movie. Um I thought Rachel Wolfson was really good. She was like just taking shit. I left thought she was right. really good too. Like she didn't show any reaction it actually elicited like a lot of fear in me. Yeah dude, that fucking that scorpion one was oh crazy to just sit there
1: and take those Yeah, she was great. Um I would like to see her get do more. Yeah, I would too. But yeah, she was she was cool. I think she's a stand-up comedian, so I need to look into her stuff more cuz I thought she was funny. Um but yeah, I just – afterwards, um, just after kind of following a a week of Jackass rewatches and seeing the new one and just thinking about it, I watched – on Hulu, there's a documentary called Dumb, um, which goes into Big Brother magazine, which they were all a part of in one way or another, which was like the precursor to Jackass. That It's like 80 minutes. Um, I think you'd enjoy it. It's like a nice – it's a solid documentary. It's quick. Um, it gives, like, good insight into it, and all the B-roll interviews are, like, Jeff Tremaine, Johnny Knoxville, fucking Wee Man, Chris Pontius, Tony Hawk, um, a bunch of pro skaters. Uh, so that's – that was a cool way to kind of just, like, cap off the rewatch and then just, like, get, like, even more into the story of that. Um, but, yeah, fucking – and it's it's getting universal, like, acclaim, too. Like, it has a four on Letterboxd. It's, like, a solid four um, – Rotten Tomatoes is really high. Number one movie in America this weekend. So I I think everyone – like it. Just This was kind of what everyone needed right now. This was like a nice little treat. They don't make comedies anymore and put them out in theaters. This only cost $10 million to make, which definitely helps its case. But like it's good to go into a theater and laugh. I haven't laughed like that in a theater since I guess Licorice Pizza. But in terms of like what you would think of as like a a pure – like theatrical comedy, they don't really make them like that anymore. So it's nice to kind of get this treat and to have it be a franchise that gets revived that you're not like, Oh, this again, like they're bringing this back. Like I was so excited when they announced new jackass. Like I didn't give a fuck that they were old. I trusted they would figure it out. Um, And they did. So it's nice to see an old IP in a new spirit. That's not just like a cash grab soul suck
0: yes definitely it wasn't like they were doing this for money it was like they were doing this because they had to do it they wanted to close the story together and that was kind of the best part about the jackass movies for me it's like it's not like the actual like pranks being pulled on one another it's like how they all react to those pranks like with eric andre getting like absolutely just hammered by at the coffee shop Um, vehicle, whatever you call that, like the, the truck stop coffee shop and everybody's just cracking it up around him. That's like when I laughed the hardest It's like when these grown men are just making themselves laugh, like into absolute spontaneous combustion, like they can't contain it. And um, yeah, it was a gorgeous movie. I mean, I had a lot of fun out of it. Maybe three and a half was a little bit low, but um, I, I think that you reiterated it really well. It's like, you know, I, it's been very rare for us to go into the theater and the one thing that the filmmakers are trying to elicit from us is just laughs. Like every movie has to have heart or some kind of through line that like really makes us involved in the story. I don't need a story with Jackass. I just need 30-second snip, two-minute snip, this, that, this, that, celebrity show up, Tyler the Creator, P.K. Subban, like whoever it may be, like just give them to me and I'll just eat that shit up for an hour and a half. And um, you know, it was a, it was a fun, fun time in a theater with a bunch of strangers.
1: I would, I would just, I would love to get more stuff. I mean, not necessarily like Jackass, just because like there's only one Jackass, but just stuff that in the theaters, especially that makes you laugh. It just like every time I look at my phone, it's like inflation went up. Fucking Russia is on the Ukrainian border. And then you're like, oh, I'm gonna watch TV, and then you turn on HBO. And it's just like Zendaya getting injected with morphine and all these teenagers and their toxic relationships. It's just fucking boner, boner, boner. And it's just like, oh, my God, you just can't escape anything. So that like I just I want more stuff like that. That's just. Goofy and kind of like on the surface looks kind of stupid, but just like works so well and makes you feel so good. Um They just let's. Everyone needs to stop being
0: so fucking serious, I think it just everything, like oh my God, this should bring the countries together. They should show this to Russia and Ukraine and see what kind of reactions they get because I think there might be like if you just put all those guys in the same theater together, they start cracking up a danger error and just getting absolutely fucking pogo sticked on his nuts, like that' would bring people together literally throw
1: Putin. Fucking the Ukrainian president, Joe Biden. I just put everyone in a room, show them jackass forever, and have everybody unite because of poopies.
0: Biden would make it awkward to be like, "We're having a good time, aren't we, guys?" And they'd just be like, "Shut up, you fucking pussy!" Like, just laugh. All right, um, shut up. All right, let's move on to the NBA. Um, you went to Bulls Suns tonight. Bulls got their asses handed to them by Phoenix. Um, Phoenix is the best team in the league, so I I wouldn't feel too bad about it. But, yeah, what were your takeaways? Um, The final
1: score is not indicative of what occurred during it. Uh, It was only a a 20-point game
0: the entire game.
1: Yeah, it ended up being a three-point game. It was a 20-point game. Um, The Suns looked fucking good. That was the first time I saw Chris Paul live. He is... I think he's kind of like the last old guy from when we were still what I would consider kids that's around that I hadn't seen play yet. And um, my seats are in the 300 level because um, I work at entry level position. But uh, the fucking to see the angle of watching the players from where I'm at is honestly really good. And to watch him in person, how he's able to just make a dribble move, stop, switch hands, and just change and go another direction unreal um his acceleration
0: on his crossover
1: watching seeing his court vision too is nuts in the fourth quarter there were a few times um where deandre ayton i think tony bradley was his primary defender and he was just abusing that and chris paul just kept throwing it over tony bradley's head and just to kind of see the angle where he was at and just how he's making that pass was insane um Devin Booker looked great. Uh, just watching him too, especially his like mid-range pull-ups when he's contested, and watching him get space. Uh, it looks so effortless. Their ball movement as a team is fucking crazy. The way they're just able to swing it around the perimeter, they kept getting so many open shots. Horrible I know defensive what game. Talking
0: about Booker started with it in the left corner, made a cross-court pass to the other corner. Over two Mm -hmm. Bridges. Bridges swung it around the perimeter. Another four passes. Back to Booker, who started with the ball in possession, and he hit a three. I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was it was insane. Um, The Bulls are not having Alonzo and Crusoe fucking really, really, really hurts the defense. Um, I mean, Alfred Payton was doing whatever he wanted, which isn't great. Um, Io, I think... His confidence got shaken a little bit. I did buy an IO shirt when we got in there. Um It's been my quest for whatever reason. They don't make, put Chicago Bulls merchandise on the internet. I don't know why. Cause when you go to the stadium, they have every player and so many sizes and options. I don't know why they don't just make it an e-commerce thing, but that's a side note. But me buying that shirt didn't give him any luck. He didn't play great. Uh, the bench looks like dog ass. Um, I think I think I could post up Tony Bradley. Um
0: That's Jeff. get out of here.
1: Yeah, of course I couldn't. But he just looked fucking such. I mean, JaVale McGee was killing at this game. He hit a three and that sucked. That's how I knew it was over yeah. when that happened. Um, but on the other side of things, I if it wasn't for DeMar and Zach Levine, this that would have been disgusting. That would have been a really, really bad game. DeMar DeRozan. Um, and Zach showed why they're all stars. Uh, Damar came came off an insane performance against Philadelphia yesterday and and followed up with this. He was just the fucking engine that could. Um, it just wasn't enough. I think, I don't know what's going to happen with the trade deadline just because the front office is like they've, they're quiet. They don't, we don't really see anything coming. The Vucevic trade was a complete surprise. Um, hopefully we get a little bit more it's big man help like there might be a schroeder deal on the table how do you feel about a dennis schroeder to the bulls potential deal
0: are you kidding me you no absolutely not why would you yeah. that backward rotation that's a terrible that's idea. I, yeah um that's like the worst idea i've heard i don't know why any be t- team would be going after dennis schroeder like he has not worked out in the last two teams he's been on it's not working in boston they've Literally replaced it with Marcus Smart, who's terrible on LA. He's not a force placing point guard. He needs the ball in his hands. And why would you want to take the ball out of the hands of Lonzo or even AC? I'd rather have the ball in AC's hands than his. He's much better like cutter as well than Schroeder. And then you're also taking the ball out of DeRozan and Levine's hand. Vuccivich to needs his touches. I mean, that's, that's just dumb. Like, I want you guys to, you guys, we talked about it. Like, you saw JaVale McGee play tonight. Like, that's the I kind would of love guy a guy need. like JaVale McGee. I would love. You need Daniel that you Gafford back. Go get Gafford back. Like that's that's the move to make. Like when Vucevic doesn't have the ball rolling offensively, you need somebody to come in and be able to set screens, roll the rim, catch lobs on the other end of the floor, actually rim protect, and be able to either hedge hard or play a decent enough drop coverage to contest jumpers because he has the athleticism. Vucevic doesn't have that, obviously. Um, so he, you was know, tonight, he was bad tonight. He was bad. Yeah, he, he texted was in both of bad. our group chats that he sucks. So um, I, I guess Dude, like, he, he got booed. He's gonna look and, like he sucks against those kinds of teams. He got booed, and the, in his opening intro, now number nine,
1: Nikola Vucevic, boo! Everyone booed. Um, uh, yeah, not great. Uh, I don't think he deserves that. I don't think he does either. I think and he I think he's spoiled rotten
0: pricks for that. Yeah, I didn't do it. No, I'm talking about the rest of the Bulls fans. I'm not talking about you. When I say you guys, I mean everybody in the United Center because that's not fair to Vooch. No, because a couple of days ago, he had
1: like a 30-20 and game, so I I do think it's unfair. Um, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a tough game to gauge. I mean, they they did only lose by three, so they had to fight. Um, The Suns look really fucking good. The Bulls are banged up. We're missing our two best defenders. Uh, We're missing – I think, honestly, the heart – Soul of our team, besides aside from the all stars, um, because obviously Zach and Damar are fucking crazy dynamic duo getting us like 57, 58 a game. Um, tonight got us almost like 80. Um, there
0: but are the, the guys, and the muscles though, but the heart and the soul, yeah, is that's HCMA, true, that's though.
1: true. Yeah, um, those are the guys that you want on your team when you're trying to go for a championship. Uh, they're off for a minute. Um, Derek Jones Jr. is out still too. He was. He was a nice, solid guy. Uh, but yeah, I was glad I got to go there. It was cool to see the uh, CP three watch Booker work. Um, the Suns look really good. They look really good. They look really complete. Um, their offense is really fluid. Um, they gave up some runs to the Bulls, but for the most part, they were locking them down for, for uh, forcing turnovers, getting some. Bad shot. I mean, a lot of DeMar's shots, obviously he takes a lot of mid-range jumpers, but he was going on a lot of contested turnaround mid-range shots. So um, they look good. They're well machine. They made it to the finals last year. Uh, Obviously, it's tough. Impossible, you could say, to stop Giannis when he played like he did in the finals. So, um, yeah, I think... The Bulls haven't, the record against the best teams in the league this year is not great. Um, You could talk, chalk it up to injuries. Um, I think it's, I think those games have kind of showed our weaknesses, especially again when it comes to like paint protection um, and even scoring in the paint. But uh, like teams can really, really take advantage of the Bulls down low um, when they want to, especially if you got a guy like Embiid. Embiid had fucking 40, whatever. Um,
0: oh he's gonna kill you guys in the playoffs. Yeah. Absolutely. And then but he's, he's gonna Giannis kill is, everybody in Giannis the playoffs.
1: Like Yeah, so yeah, I think it's showing um the holes in the team still. I mean, there's time to get it patched up. I'm not super worried again just because of injuries. Um we haven't even had fucking Pat Williams this year. So I'm not too worried. Uh not the best game could have ended a hell of a lot worse than it did. Um but fucking just keep fighting. The East is getting tight though, so we're gonna wanna clean it up a little bit, not I mean we've been playing five hundred ball for a couple weeks now, and again, we can make excuses with injuries and shit, but as things kinda start to get a little bit more competitive after the all star break, shit kinda changes after the trade deadline. Um the calves got better, the bucks are the bucks, uh the heat are healthy, um then that's starting to fucking free fall. But um, yeah, just gotta just gotta stay, just gotta kind of stay in line, stay the path, kind of get guys back. We had a little bit of a tough schedule. Just kind of take the easy ones uh, when we can. Um, But yeah, I hope for the best for the team. This has been the best season in years. Um,
0: I'm glad I was. You you need to take these bruises. Like that's the thing is. Like you guys have had. That's how you grow. um, You guys been the. You've been the worst defensive team in basketball since January 1st, and that's to be expected because you've had Lonzo or Caruso, and they're two of the best defenders in basketball. So anytime, it's like how I think about the Lakers. It's like, yeah, no shit that Lakers were fucking terrible for a little bit because they were missing literally one of the 10 best basketball players in the world. That's going to happen. Anthony Davis is back. They look better. whoop fucking do Is anybody really that surprised? He's Anthony Davis. When Lonzo and Caruso get back into the mix— Hopefully Patrick Williams can return as well. All signs are pointing to him coming back towards like middle of April, end of April in that range. Your defense is going to look much better. You are developing an identity offensively still. Like we're, we we forget that this is the 50th game that uh, DeRozan and Levine and Vucevic have played together. Like these are still growing as a team. Things are still calcifying. So like, I think it's – Really ignorant and quite stupid to rush to any judgments on this team when it's literally the middle of Fe- early February. Not even the middle of February yet. We haven't even reached the All Star break, so I'm not going to rush to any conclusions. With that being said, the Phoenix yeah. Suns. I just put some money on them to actually win the title the other day because they're at plus six hundred. The Nets are like plus four fifty. I think the Bucks are at plus four fifty. So I saw the Suns. I'm like, that's a tasty the Nets little have to right slip. There. I saw yeah. something today. Nick Wright said something. I saw.
1: Um, and I know a lot of those talking heads will say stuff that's inflammatory, you try to get reactions from people. But he sure. says something I really agreed with, where he was like, "We have to stop talking about the Nets as if they have this big three
0: because they don't." Um, Carter and I talked about this on the last podcast. Like, it's never going to happen. They don't have a big three. That's not that's not real.
1: I saw today that Kyrie's only eligible to play ten of their last twenty nine games. Like.
0: You're not going to be able to build anything with that. Um, Well, what if they make the play-in and they have to go to Toronto for the play-in? He can't play in Toronto. What if they play in Brooklyn? Right. He can't play in the play-in. Exactly. And it's just like
1: these hearted rumors, um, I feel like Steve Nash can say no. People can say no. But I don't know. When these rumors start to leak out at the level that these are, I mean, I feel like there has to be some sort of substance to it. Harden has been linked in the Ben Simmons and to Philly stuff since before he went to Brooklyn. It's no secret that Daryl Morey wants him. Um, The rest of the roster is shit. And that's what happens when your top four guys make like $40 million each. And you have like $7 million left to spare. Um, But even then, like dudes like Paul Millsap want out and it's just like, it's thin. Joe Harris has been hurt. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the idea of Embiid and Harden together is really scary as a Bulls fan going into the playoffs. Um, but fucking, yeah, Embiid's a beast, though. I know you had him in the notes to talk about. I fucking always loved him. He's insane.
0: Let's talk about him because um, the issue has been raised about him and Jokic e. for MVP, and I don't want to go into that yet. Um, I want yeah, to maybe another month before we start going in MVP really but I want to celebrate Embiid because um, what he's been doing these last two months is I don't even know who to compare it to I guess you could say Hakeem Olajuwon um, I love Hakeem Olajuwon he's one of my favorite players to ever watch like if it's a hardwood classic or just some highlight tapes or just the fact that he's so involved in today's game with like training up Ren Goon or LeBron while he was in Miami teaching him out yeah. of stuff, stuff like that's like really cool to me but um what Joel is doing, like, <laughs> this guy is getting rebounds and bringing the ball off the floor. And I can't imagine there's a lot of things scarier than seeing that. Like, that vision right there, just that image yeah. of Giannis, LeBron, Joel, grabbing a rebound. And the way that he dribbles it, it looks like a fucking ping pong ball in his hands. Like, he is a, a giant. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of people have been exaggerating his height, like he's 7'3 or something like that. He's probably seven feet tall, which is like a mammoth. I think mammoth. he's like 7'2. But he's like 290 pounds. He's like, that massive dude is fucking it's stupid. And he's quick. He's agile. His footwork is brilliant. And his touch is just feathery. And um, he's become one of my favorite players to watch, like not just this year, but over the last several years. But what he's doing this year is truly, truly special. I think in the last couple of years, he's been inconsistent. Like there would be big games where he didn't show up, right? Like he uh big games and he'd have numbers like 12 and 8 or something like that. Like three or 14 from the field. But this year, he's not going to game without shooting less than 20 shots. He's not going to game without shooting less than 10 to 11 layups or dunks or hooks. He's getting to the like line. Limiting for getting to the line a shit ton. Absolutely like a motherfucker, living. dude. Like like 15 feet oh, in Rockets hard
1: and ask. Um, have you ever seen, have you seen that video on Twitter where it's like a hypercut where it'll blend MB doing a move and then it'll cut to Kobe doing the same thing and it'll be like him. Oh yeah, sure. Jordan, him, LeBron. It's just like, he's so insanely skilled. It sucks that he's had like so many injuries in his career. Um, but I mean, I think he's, uh, I mean, I feel like he's could be in like the unicorn conversation, um. Absolutely. Just in terms – I mean just in terms of like pure basketball skills and his ability. Like he has moves in his bag that guards have and forwards have. He just is so skilled and he's so clearly like uh, talented and has such a high basketball IQ where he can just watch – like a legend to move and just go out there and replicate it. Like that's very different. And just to do it on an NBA court, like you're doing it in your driveway is insane. And the fact that he's only been playing basketball for like a 12 years of his life is even crazier. Um, I've always thought since he finally got, was able to play in the league. Um, just watching him always kind of having the feeling that if he were to stay healthy, um, and kind of hit this trajectory that we're now seeing him on, that he could he could definitely be what we remember as, like, a generational center, one of the best big men from our time.
0: No, it's really cool that, like, we have him in Jokic now because, like, there are so many years where people are like, I mean, those, the are the two, those are the dudes. Those are, like, our big guys. Yes, it is. Like, that's our Shaq and that's our Dirk right there. And our Dirk is, like, a brilliant, like, Magic Johnson-level passer. And our Shack has Dirk's touch, so like it's like we are witnessing like some of the most, I mean, not just dominant. Like and we're not even mentioning Anthony Davis, who has like one of like the craziest games I've ever seen from a seven footer. Like he's right up there. He's below KD. He's probably a little a level below Embiid and Jokic, I think. But I think his like at least on a consistency level, but his peak is right up there with theirs because like what he does yeah. I mean, years, it was just ridiculous. And even before then, too, when he was in
1: in New Orleans, like, he was a fucking beast. He was always, like, he was always one of those dudes who you know would be an MVP candidate if he was on a team that didn't suck. Right. Um, but, like, he was, like, fuck. I remember being, like, 2014 and just, like, the talk of, like, is Anthony Davis, is he getting to that top 10 status? Like, he's been right. just one of those dudes, like, our whole lot, like, our whole, like, a majority of our basketball fandoms, because he was at Kentucky when I was in, dude, I don't even know, fucking 7th, 8th grade. Um, and now, and he's just been around for forever. And now, like, it's wild that he's, like, on the Lakers. Like, it's just, he's one of those guys, too, that just feels like he's been in the league for forever. Um, but he's always been so good. Like, how many all-star selections does he have at this point? Like, he's probably, like, a 7, 8-time all-star.
0: I would say so. Something like that. I mean, he was on an Olympic team with Kobe and KD and LeBron. And yeah, he's on a 2012. Like the pinnacle of their careers. So, like, yeah, I mean, he's he's got the resume for sure. Like, he could he's have an been an eight time All Stars. If he didn't play with LeBron, he would have been the finals MVP, or if LeBron had posted a little bit worse stats. Um, if he just had been more consistent in that series, at least. But like this year, he's averaging 23.7, 10.2, and three dimes, shooting 53% from the field. I'm not even going to say what he's shooting from three because I don't think it's fair to him because he's been really bad from three this year. And he's not shooting near as many. This is the least he shot since. What twenty sixteen, yeah, so you know this is a guy who, in his best season, he was posting jesus christ twenty eight points, twelve rebounds, two and a half blocks, and almost two steals, like an absolute freak, like we talk about stocks on the top twenty five hundred twenty five list like I mean every top twenty five hundred twenty five list from like twenty thirteen to twenty seventeen or twenty nineteen even was a d like this guy's twenty eight years old, he's still in the prime of his career. And, you know, I, I watched that Lakers-Sixers game about a week and a half ago. I wish we would have talked about that because watching him and MB go at each other was special. Like, that is, like, seeing, like, two guards go at it, like Levine and Booker tonight, is really cool. Or seeing LeBron and KD go against it is awesome. But seeing two seven-footers that are just supreme talents duke it out, like, that's next-level shit. Like, there's nothing,
1: There's nothing better. There's nothing better than a big-man battle. Because, like, when a big guy is fucking skilled, what's more impressive than that? When there's just, like, an absolute behemoth of a man. Like, Lakers Shack, When he was, like, big. Like, he was starting to get huge. Like, he was clearly a different physical build than when he was in Orlando when he came into the league. But he's just so fucking quick and his spin moves and the fucking, the footwork. And the guys like Boogie, even. Like, Boogie was a little bit ahead of the curve in that when you're just like, how is this dude getting this board, taking it up? Pulling up from three just on a dime, like, obviously when a point guard's got, like, a crazy bag and you're Steph Curry, just putting together a dribble package and then making a three that you turn around for before it even goes in is insane. But fucking, when a big guy can just work his feet in the post and just make do something that makes you go,
0: mm. mm-hmm. nothing better. I used to really love the, uh, the old Clippers, Blake Griffin, and Minnesota Timberwolves K-Love matchups. Those were fun Dude, too. Minnesota K-Love was a fucking beast. He's been really good this year, K-Love. Shout out K-Love. He's, He's been great. Been here for sure. Yeah, shout um, out K-Love. Um, well, all right. I think that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Thursday morning. Thank you guys for listening to us. We appreciate it so dearly. Um, Jack the Bulls are turning around. Don't worry. I hope you love Jackass forever as much as I adore you. Thank you for recording with me tonight. Um, and we will talk to you guys on Thursday. Um, I feel like Black Jesus.